was cool, man. <laughs> hey, everyone, this is Chris Keys for From Your Guitar, hanging out in Nashville, Tennessee, in my residence. I'm joined today by Antonio Aguilar of All Souls, Totomoshi. Man, how you doing? I appreciate you joining us today. I'm great, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. This is a yeah. true honor. Yeah, like, this real, is great. Real honor. This is great. So where are you at? Are you, aren't you at your own rehearsal space or recording studio in California? I am. Uh, me and my wife and a friend own a place called Eastside Rehearsal in uh, a neighborhood called Boyle Heights in Los Angeles. How long yeah. have you guys been there? Um, it's been open now for almost five years. Yeah, it's an hourly rehearsal place and it's like fully backlined. So it's been quite an undertaking, <laughs> I bet. to say and the least. Do you, do you guys practice there too yourselves as a band, a full unit? We do. We've written every record. All Souls has, anyways. Um, we've written every record here, um, and we practice here in the mornings. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's our place, basically. Right yeah, on, we store man. our things here, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice having a spot. And, I, like, I live right down the street from it, so I can walk here in, like, ten minutes. That's, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. Like, luckily, I've had that weird luck of always living really close to my rehearsal spaces, so that, you know, it's always make, made it really easy on me, you know, like within 15 minutes walking of, of, of where I've lived. So you're creating. Like all throughout my life. You're creating quickly. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's something that just doesn't turn off, well, which I love. That's good, man. And let's just drive right into it. I've, I've known you, obviously, with, as I alluded to earlier with uh, Totomoshi, and you primarily were a Strat guy, and I'd see sometimes with single coils, sometimes with dual humbuckers. I've seen you even in, I think it was 2007 or 2008, you had like a Les Paul style guitar, but yeah. primarily a Strat guy. So talk to me about what you're using right now in your hands and kind of the love for the Strat you have. Well, this is, this is the main Strat that I use in All Souls. Um, it's, it's, it's a 2019, I just bought it last year. It's a, it's a Fender uh, Strat Pro, and it's got the Tim Shaw, hum, uh, the, the single coil, Pickups, which I love. I wrote, I wrote it down. They're the, um, the Tim Shaw V-Mods. Um, they're just amazing pickups. They sound so great. And the most important thing to me about Strats is they just feel so perfect in my hands. You know, I feel like they space my fingers really well. For a while, I was doing, like, flamenco-style guitar on a, on a uh, classical or on a flamenco guitar. Mm -hmm. And it really changed from the way that I learned. And I'll show you the guitar I learned on. Um, it spaced my fingers very differently, and it made me approach the guitar differently. And I feel like the Strat kind of kind of uh, uh, brings that, you know, brings the same thing as sort of the flamenco kind of felt on my fingers. Were, was the so, Strat always kind of your first electric? Like, were you really connected with the instrument after kind of bridging off of the the classical? Well, the, the Strat, the Strat, I didn't even buy a Strat until I'd already been playing for like 10 or 15 years. Oh, wow. So, um, but I, I'd always wanted one. I mean, I, I grew up, my, my absolute uh, uh, favorite guitar player in the entire world was Hendrix. And I always, you know, I always wanted to play like him. And I always, I mean, like I learned like, like stuff like, a, like when I was a kid, by like the time I was 13, it was like... <laughs> Like that, you know, where, where um, I always, 
the right hand technique was always something that I loved about Hendrix. You know, it's just like a, it's like a dancing, like a beautiful ballet dancer. You know. So, well, that um, the way you probably learned classically too, uh, playing flamenco is another thing that really probably strengthened your right hand in terms of your vocabulary yeah. of playing, but also how you can express the dynamics. Yeah, and as as far as the flamenco style goes, I mean, I'm completely self-taught. I never really, I've never taken lessons in my life, so it was all just basically by application, and by stumbling and by by just learning, and then mostly also by songwriting. Because when I started doing flamenco, Meg and I, Tony Moshi was kind of done. And we had started a band called um, Alma Sangre. Mm -hmm. And Meg's, Meg, my wife, is a flamenco dancer, so I wanted to do something with her where she danced and then where I played guitar and sang. And, you know, from the very beginning, the, the whole point of it was to write songs, to write a whole set, you know, and to record. And, and I mean, that's always been what I've been into is, you know, it's even when I was a kid, like, like we would sit in my house and I grew up really poor, but like the one thing that we always had was art. And my brother was an art, he was like a, he's an amazing artist. Um, my little brother's an amazing guitar player. And we would just sit at home and just do art all day, like draw pictures or I would write short stories sometimes. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a writer. Um, and then for me, it was always, it was always like the, the, the end point, like, like the reason that you approach something is literally to finish it, mm -hmm. you know, to finish an actual piece that you hang on a wall and, you know, and then it's, it's done. So, and that was always why I wanted to learn guitar was because I wanted to write music. So what, uh, quickly as a quick sidebar as a writer myself or uh, trying to be one is what took you from writing and not saying that you're not a writer continuously as you obviously write music and maybe short stories, but what made uh, guitar be kind of like your uh, pen to paper, so to speak? Um, I felt that I also draw, and I was also I was I was, I was also painted a bit, and I felt like I could incorporate all of it. So I could incorporate my writing, which I loved, um, with uh, songs and songwriting, you know, and sort of you know is 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 kind of like that way that way it could all be expressed, mm. and, and and I could do the entire the entire spectrum, you know, the whole circle. So it's great, man. And I remember with the band even just back as far as 2017 2018 you had what appeared to be a, it could be fooling me was a, a gray dual humbucker guitar so yeah. what made you change to with the new record songs for the end of the world what made you go to the single coils um well primarily eric our other guitar player and he's an amazing guitar player he's, he's a ridiculous player who i loved I've known Eric for like 20 years, and he was in a band called Black Elk before that we had toured with, Tony Moshi had toured with. Um, and Eric plays an SG, mm -hmm. and it's a very heavy sound, you know. It's a, it's a very uh, distinctive, right, sound. And funny enough, I was listening to an interview uh, uh, with Joe Walsh um, on Mark Marin, and he was talking about, you know, if you're in a band with a guy with a humbucker, you should play single coil so that you're not in the same space. Mm. And I kind of took that to heart. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's right. And I started messing around with the single coils. And it took a while for me to really, like, because I'm so used to humbucker, mm -hmm. humbucker style and, and the humbucker sound. It's so massive, you know. Um, but it, 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 he was totally right. And I think it sounds amazing now with, in the band with, you know, you have, we have one guy with humbuckers and one guy with, with single coil stuff. And it, made, it reminded me of, like, Priest, you know, like Judas Priest or something yeah. where... 
you know, like one guy would have, you know, like 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 uh, uh, Glenn Tipton or, or or and KK, like they would have. Sometimes they would have like a the. I mean, KK or uh, Glenn Tipton plays a lot of the strats, you know, and then and then KK would play like a lot of the 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 Gibson the Gibsony humbucker stuff, and the blend was beautiful, you know. And that way, you know, I'm not I'm not in the same low range that he's at. He's very low. He's 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 he kind of has those 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 mid lows and then mm -hmm. i have the the the, the mid highs so do it you, kind of fulfills itself do you guys think that do you take the joe walsh analogy even further when you're thinking about amps too like i know uh that i've seen eric play oranges i've seen <clears throat> you play oranges but pr primarily i've seen you more recently with like a fender combo right yeah and, and yeah and that's the same that's the same ethic they're okay. the same the same ethos it's trying yeah, to have different yeah. styles of amps so they have different voices yeah, yeah, and I feel I feel like the Fender really really brings out. I mean, obviously those the Fender will bite your head off. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, yeah. I mean, we did that. They they were all they were all well thought out. You know, it was something that we we definitely thought about in in constructing the whole live sound. You know, in recording it's different, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, that was something we we definitely you know consciously did. Cool. Well, man. Uh. What I saw you switch guitars. What What do you got in your hands there? So that you you were uh, this is the one I, I played originally in Todi Moshi. Oh okay um, yeah. And this is my very first guitar ever. My dad bought it for me uh, in 1983, the year it came out. Um, um, I've since switched switched uh, the pickups. They originally came with some weird ceramic pickups. Hmm. Um, which funny enough, I didn't know how to lower action and. I, I took a chisel too, <laughs> so I couldn't find the pickups. They're somewhere in my house, but I couldn't find them. It, it would have been really funny to see the chisel marks. Um, and uh, so I switched them out with these lace dropping gains because with Todi Moshi, I, I did this weird tuning. It was E, B, E, B, E, B, so I'm tuned all the way down. Oh, okay. So it's like this, it's a, a, a really weird, and I literally wrote every single song of Todi Moshi's with this weird tuning. Dang. Um, yeah, so so and and it, it was really weird because I had to teach, kind of re teach myself how to play guitar and especially to do leads, you know. So it would be a situation where where I would always have to figure it out first and then and then slowly learn it and over learn it and over and you know before I could actually do it live. What made you go um, to that but, tuning? Because I've never heard that tuning before. What made you kind of stumble uh, upon that? That started with a Jimmy uh, a Zeppelin song that I learned when I was like uh, probably fifteen or sixteen. And I had, um, I'd always done uh, open tunings because I was really into blues when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So I would do like slide playing, like a lot, a lot of slide playing and stuff. And, um, and then I just started messing with the tuning and then I ended up, and it was mostly because I could do like the... the and then I could also... And then there's a lot of... Um, you know, so when you're singing and you're the only guitar player in the band, I loved having like sort of a, a continuous uh, uh, kind of undertone coming back all the time. So that, you know, I'd be singing. So it just made it easier for me to, to um, but yeah, that's what made it. So it was, I think it was an E minor somehow. And then I just started dropping stuff and then I just kind of stumbled onto it. Yeah, I'm, um, that's a, a hallmark I really love of that band was, I know that you guys were like a three-piece power trio, but you, through that tuning now, I understand how there was always that, not drone notes, but ringing notes. There was a lot of 
uh, open string stuff that you guys would play or you would play. Yeah. Yeah, continuously. So that like like even that. that. I feel like like the, the vibration is is deeper, you know, and then obviously we were a heavy band. So being tuned down all the way to B is it makes, you know, being heavy a lot easier. <laughs> so, now, so. going back to uh, the chisel job you've done on these original pickups, that's not something you did with uh, your time with the Melvins because you were a guitar tech for them and you were a tour manager for Neurosis and Sleep. You, you didn't take a chisel yeah. to any of Buzz's guitars, did you? No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. what, uh, are, should... are those pickups uh, active or are they just, just humbuckers, like hot humbuckers? No, they're just super hot humbuckers. These, the lacing, let's see, the dropping gains are 13.5 to 24K. Yeah. They're super hot. They're crazy hot. Um, um, uh, so, and, and they, they do pick up, like when you're tuned this low, they pick, they're really distinctive. They pick out really, really well. This guitar hasn't been set up in a while. I've had it in, I've had it stored at my house for like seven years. I literally took it out like two days ago and I, you know, I'd forgotten about it. I also carved in, the day my father passed away on the back, I carved I carved uh, uh, rest in peace to my father, and I I carved the number three on it, because my dad was born uh, three three thirty three March third nineteen thirty three. Wow. And um, I sat and I wrote a song that's on one of the the Tony Mushi records. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I that day he passed away, I sat and wrote a, a an instrumental song for him. Um, and this is the that's the day that I carved all this stuff into this guitar. That's cool, man. And and so the, go ahead. Oh, this. So this is just this is a guitar that I will absolutely never get rid of. There's been a lot of guitars that have been in my hands that I've sold, you know. And I always I always get that that seller's remorse thing where I sell something and I get pissed at myself <laughs> later on. Um, uh, but this is something that I will never ever you know get rid of. It'll be be with me, and I'm gonna pass it on to one of my nephews. You know, will hopefully get into music, and I'll pass it on to them. That's rad, man. And and. Uh, I know that you had uh, some laces in in the Strat too. Were they the same models of the lace that you got there in the, the Les Paul? Um, no, those are different. Those are now, and I actually, th that was another reason that I, I love the, uh, the the Stratocasters. Mm -hmm. Is um, you know you can easily pick these these uh, these loaded pick guards up, um, and you could just switch out styles. Here, I'll take some out. Like this is the original HSS that was on my black guitar, which is here. Okay. Um, I'll show you that in a, in a second. And then uh, there's uh, there's this. I have this um, Chimey uh, 59, which is sort of it's the very it's super super low. Uh, um, like I think it's like like five is the highest it goes. Five K. Wow. Yeah, that's um, low output. But it's a very, it's a very like, uh, it's the original kind of 59 Strat sound. So if I, if I ever like, say we go into the studio or if we do like certain songs where I want to use something like that, like I'll, I'll, and it's so easy to, it's just two solder points, you know, on a Stratocaster. Um, and then this is the ones that I was using, that I think, that we were referring to. We were I love that you got all these pick guards in on a messenger bag, so you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, these are like, they're, I mean, they're, this is, this is a, a, it's a real utilitarian, like, sort of, like, ideal that we have in All Souls. In I love it, man, I love it. Uh, these are the ones that I used yeah. originally in, in All Souls. Yeah, these are the, uh, they're the, the Nitro Hemis, 
Um, and these are now, I think they're the, the signature Matt Pikes. Okay. Which I, I think he called it the Dirty Heshers. Or yeah, the Dirty like Heshers. Dirty Heshers, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Lace was nice enough to give me this a long time ago, and um, I really love these pickups. They're they're pretty amazing. They're they're pretty awesome. I mean, I think it, Bill Kelleher uses something similar to these as well. Yeah, he's got I signature think, well, ones he, through them too. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. I love Mastodon sound. They're so amazing. I mean, it should be noted too that the pick guard's pretty sharp too. All the pick guards are like that. Yeah, tortoise shell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love tortoise, man. That's a beautiful. Well, you kind. Yeah, that's. You talked about it. Let's um, let's see that uh, the gold one up close, the black and gold one. Oh yeah, um, I played this guitar also in Todi Moshi uh, towards the end of Todi Moshi. Um, uh, this is uh, this is 19 oh, 2000. This is a 2006, um, and it's an American uh, a Fender American Deluxe, and it's the HSS. And this is all the stock stuff. I put the stock, st stock stuff back on it. I used to have the uh, the humbuckers on this this guitar. Okay. And and I would also have it on the silver one every once in a while, which is back here. Um, but uh, I've lately been doing this tuning that um, that I seen from Alan Johannes. Let me see if I have it right. And it, it's a, a GC, all the way down. Um, Oh wait. Sorry. And it's it's weird. It's tuning because I feel like they speak to you and um what is that what you hear towards the end of you just can't win that that type of tuning because uh, there's like some like middle eastern string parts towards the end of that song on the uh, what's coming on oh, the record no that was all that was all standard tuning we, we do a, a, a standard d oh, okay in in all souls so everything that's recorded so far is um is all in standard tuning, except for you know that we we tuned to D. Gotcha. Um, this is just something I've been messing with around with lately. We've already written, yeah, we've we've been writing. We we have about seven songs written already for the next record. So oh wow! It's just a matter of you know when we can get back into the studio and when it's safe enough to do so. And um, yeah, because I mean when this happened, this whole thing happened. We just we just figured we should get busy, you know, and and not not waste it and and just. So we've been we've been writing. There was a there was a little while where we were going every day, and um, which was awesome. But you know that is as much as we can do that, we, we'll do that. Yeah, you don't want to get stagnant, even if it feels like a maybe not like a lost cause. But you don't know. We don't all know where the the light at the end of the tunnel is. So it's one way to kind yeah. of force forward is to to create and just keep going. And I feel like it's a it's a it's a real easy time to fall into an absolute deep depression. You know yeah. what's going on. So it kind of, I, th I feel like music is, is definitely like a source of, of, of keeping yourself from that. It's a, it's a way of keeping yourself from depression. Absolutely. You know, for me anyways. Yeah, man, like, it, it, it's, it's, 
it's a way to express ourselves without doing any damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah, the most holy of ways. Yeah. What, uh, you had mentioned different tunings, but what strings are you using on most of your guitars? I do all 9 to 42. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which, yeah, and I've, I've actually thought of going 8. Um, uh, I just love, even when I was tuned to B, um, what I would do is I would just tighten, I would tighten the, uh, the springs on the back of this, you know, because uh, uh, when you tune it down so far, the, the, the bridge will pitch up. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just tighten it, and then sometimes I would do a, a down bow if I had to. On the on the fretboard, just I mean, you know, because nothing's I, to me in guitar playing, nothing is correct. You know, it's whatever yeah. feels right and whatever sounds right. So I would do all these things to make it a little bit tighter. But I loved the way the strings flap on a fretboard, you know, and just because it feels like you're in a fight sometimes, especially live, and you just grab them and 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 manipulate them however you want. And then if you hear something, and then you know, then you can. Next time you're 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 back in the writing writing space, then you use that as well. You know, it's it's always constant um, uh, experimentation. So. You mentioned the the block and and the the uh, the springs in the back. How do you set up your uh, vibrato, the tremolo arm? Because I know that's a really expressive tool you use for for the band. I always I always go flat, like really flat, and I like it that way. Um, and like I said, everything is, is, to me, what's most important is that the guitar feels right on your hand. And I, I always, I usually, I usually rest my hand here, mm -hmm. you know, because my, my pick is, is super close to my, um, to my fingers. It's almost like part of my fingers. And I use a lot of my fingers, so I'll put it away a lot to do like, like, you know, like something like that, like where I'll, I'll pick it. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn the the picking style where you do the 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 pick and then do the the finger stuff. Yeah, That's, the, Eric does that claw, really well. Yeah. yeah, which which I've never really done. I've always done the just just by the fingers by itself. But I can also do the flamenco. You know, I could do that with my fingers really easily, too. So, you know, what, um, what do you use for picks? Um, I use these, uh, the nylon, uh, the ones with the grippies. Okay. Like, uh, Dun usually Dunlop. Um, they're the medium, the medium. These are the, this is the 1.5. Uh, and they just feel right on my fingers. If it doesn't have a grip, I, I feel like I can't play correctly. Mm -hmm. um, when I was a kid, I used to use whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I broke a string, I would even, because we lived an hour away from the closest music store. So I, I would, I would grab a string and tie it and then. Put it on there, <laughs> <laughs> tighten it up. So, but, you know, at that point, yeah, it's just like whatever works. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, whatever works. And I mean, that, and then that's that's. I think that's a good, wholesome American uh, uh, ethic <laughs> and ethos. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's like whatever works, man. Yeah. Well, what? Yeah, and that's it. Go ahead. Uh, oh, that's that's something that I learned when I was roading too. It, I mean, I know it's something I learned before I was roading and before I was I was tour managing. But it's just, it's you know when you hit the road and you're you're a band on the road in a van, you know, wherever you are, whatever works is a good is a good way of living. It's, it's a good it's a good thing to live by. You know, it's a, it's a it's a good mantra because because you're gonna come across some things that are, you know, pretty 
fucking scary. I'm scary and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about so just, you got to figure it out. It's all about just moving that van down the road to the next exit. Yeah. Well, you have to sleep in a road stop. Hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got some hours of sleep, got some shut eye. <laughs> yeah. What do you uh, yeah. uh, you talked about earlier was the the first guitar you learned on? Do you have that nearby? Your uh, acoustic? Yeah, this one. Oh, oh no! You know what? Um, this is actually the one I learned on. Oh okay. The the silver. Gotcha. I don't have any acoustics. I didn't bring any down here. I should have brought my flamenco. Um, no, no sweat. Yeah, I didn't. Well. Yeah, it's. A, do we have any other guitars that we that you want to bring up that are nearby that we haven't talked about? Uh, this is the silver. Um, this one, what is this? This one's a 2008. And I bought this one after I bought the black one because I loved, I loved, like I said, I fell in love with the way the strats feel on my hands. And I, I always, you know, I wanted to have a second guitar where if I break a string, um, you know, because it's touring in a van and stuff like that, I break a string, then I grab it and it's got the same sound. And this also, this has the Tim Shaw's as well. The original was, this is an original. This is the HSS. Okay. Um, which I could very easily, like I said, go back to if I want to. Um, but I have these Tim Shaw's in them. So th this is basically like the second guitar. So if I break a string, I'll grab this one. Okay. Um, it's a little different. It's, it's a, a, the placement. I feel like the placement on the professional, the, the Strat Pro of, of the, the volume knob is so much better than this one. It's a little harder to, to manipulate, you know, when you're doing swells and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, but this guitar is great. It's, it's got a great sound and, and yeah, I, I love it. It feels really good on my hands. Can, can we hear it just for, I guess, just for a taste test since you have it plugged in? Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I love, you know, and it's funny because Strats always get this, I mean, I don't think they have a reputation, but I feel like there's not a lot of heavy metal guys anymore that use Strats, mm -hmm. which I always wonder about that. It's like, they, they are heavy guitars. They, they sound, they can sound super heavy. Yeah. If, you know, if, if you just manipulate them the right way. You know? Now, with going back to the black one real quick, just in the question, is, is that one kind of just like your humbucker guitar? Or is that, or is that like a guitar that's used specifically for some other reason? Yeah, it's 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 the humbucker guitar. For like heavier stuff. And it's for heavier stuff, and and I've just I've uh, uh, it's an experimentation. Like I said, we're writing now, so I changed it back to the original with the humbuckers there, mm -hmm. rather than doing the lace stuff because I've I've now grown very accustomed to the way that uh, single coil sound in certain positions. Yeah. So I at least wanted to have um, the ability to move to a single coil if I wanted it. Gotcha. Um, which I love. I absolutely love the middle position of the single coil. Um, which I guess is the Adrian Blue. You know, as opposed to... It's a little higher. Yeah. But I, I, I do love that middle position. It's so amazing. It's just a little hard to get to when you're playing and you're singing at the same time. But, you know, you can do it, obviously. 
do anything. And then also the other thing I love about strats is is that you can you can quiet them with the volume. The volume is so important with a strat. Like, like If I'm playing behind Eric, you know, and I want to quiet down just a touch, the volume, the volume uh, knob is so good at, at quieting the tone down and just bringing a lot of that distortion out, you know, rather than sitting there and having to manipulate a bunch of pedals. Yeah, I was going to ask it because uh, both Totemoshi and All Souls are are dynamic bands. You know, they're known for their noise and heaviness, but but uh, uh, a lot of the the shades of their quiet and more docile tones are are um, something that can be appreciated and that helps bring the heaviness up. So I was curious if you're doing that like a via a volume pedal on the floor, or, or are you controlling everything with the guitar? I do everything with my hands. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Eric has a volume pedal that he uses, um, and that's mostly because I would bitch and complain because he was always so loud, and and he was over. He was it was over over the voice, and then I I think I bitched and complained so much that he finally. You know, he finally succumbed and, and got a volume pedal and started <laughs> trying to work with it. <laughs> yeah, was, I think I made his life hell for a little while. Um, yeah, no, everything with me is just trying trying to do that. That that is from working with Buzz from the Melvins um, when I was when I was uh, uh, roading and teching for those guys. And Buzz has a real sort of do everything with the hands. You know, everything, and he literally turns his pedal backwards. You know, and it, it's 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 sitting over by his amp. It's not even close to anywhere. You know, where he's he's over there performing and singing. Mm -hmm. um, he does everything here with with manipulation. With the you know, he has a three position, like the sort of Les Paul position, but he does everything that way. So he'll he'll set his volumes at a certain place where if he wants quiet, he just goes there, and if he wants over overwhelmingly loud, he just goes down. You know, and and I thought that that was a really good way of working, especially if you're singing. Because you don't you don't want to sit there and be tap dancing while you're singing. Because you know, I want to concentrate on what you know, the, the delivery and, and the messaging of, of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I try to do it as much with my fingers as possible. And then obviously when there's, when there's time to play, when the little spaces of time that we put to, to, for the band to just be completely instrumental, then I'll, I'll bear into the pedals more. Well, man, yeah. uh, talk to me about your amp. Uh, like I've said back, back in the other, uh, Tony Moshi days, I've seen you with the stiletto, uh, Mesa Boogie Stiletto. I've seen you with Orange stuff, yeah. but most recently I've seen you with the Fender, which can be kind of skewed as being a Fender, or I'm sorry, a Fender and, or I'm sorry, a Vox and Fender's clothing because it has uh, EL84s. Because <laughs> you got the, yeah. the ba uh, bass breaker, right? I have the bass breakers, but the, yeah, there's, there's EL34s in them. So it's very martially. Oh, really? So you took out the 84s and put 34s in? Well, there's a yeah, 34s in this one. It's, it's strange. Um, uh, yeah, there's the L 34s because I just switched them. Um, and then uh, I, what I really love about the bass breaker is the attenuator. And the, I feel like I can set my ceiling at the, the break point, you know, and to where, to where I, I love getting that sort of Malcolm Young little bits of distortion. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, Malcolm is such, he was such an integral part of ACDC work. When you would hear, hear that chunk, you know, and, and, and a lot of times I'm playing behind Eric to sort of bring his playing out, you know, and I want to have that chunk there, but I want it to be clean too, 
you know, so, so that it's not overwhelming and it's not taken away from what he's doing. So I feel like these bass breakers, because of the attenuators, like I really like them. And honestly, the only reason I'm playing them is because this one was gifted to my studio. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and I had sold, when we had originally started building this place, I had to sell a bunch of stuff because we ran out of money, mm -hmm. you know, in the process of building the place. So I, I didn't have my stiletto anymore. I didn't have a bunch of stuff. So I, um, I started using the space breaker because Fender, uh, Fender rep came by and gave it to me and like gifted it to us. And then, and then I ended up buying, uh, uh, two more, you know, for the studio. Like once we got to a certain point, that's interesting. Um, Cause of all the Fender combos that, you know, if I said, Oh, this guy plays a Fender carnival, there's a, a specific image or two that come up in people's heads that are players the bass breaker isn't one of them yeah yeah but i mean it sounds great man and i, I use them when we were playing with tool i just used a, a 212 with a another 212 extension underneath it and it sounded uh, to me i mean and on stage it sounded massive and and i i dug it you know i mean obviously if i could afford something uh, uh bigger and better and if if it made sense in a van you know which is the way we tour i would do it um but we and we we use combos because we tour in vans, yeah. you know. So so and and I feel like it's a it's we don't need two half stacks on stage, you know. When when there's two guitar players, you know, um, Eric sounds dark enough with the with the orange stuff. I think just a two twelve combo. So, uh, I mean, I th I think I think it's a good it's a good combo, you know, combination. But yeah, the bass breakers, I think they're I think they're cool, man. I, I use the middle position. Um, which is a cross between the bassman, and I can't remember which one. It's kind of twins. It sounds like a little bit like a twin if you go into the high position. Okay. Um, and it's the 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 middle one kind of gives me still gives me that those mids and still still gives you the highs, but it also brings out a little bit of the lows for the for the strat, so it helps it helps it along a little bit. Cool, man. Um, I'd love to talk about your pedal board, uh, just because you know I'm always interested in what you got going on because you have such shades not only distortion and overdrive but also like kind of eerie ethereal delays and reverb so i'm curious what's going on on, on your feet so talk to me about what's so going right, on so right now um what usually what always lives on it is is uh two two delay pedals um i i started using the mxr carbon copy um which is an analog delay because the delay that i had the delay pedal that i had before broke on the road and uh, I just stopped into a guitar center and I just bought the, the first uh, delay pedal that I felt kind of um, sounded like the one that I had had before. Do you remember um, what you had before? It, it was a Dan Electro. I can't remember the number of it, but it was a really tiny little Dan Electro uh, digital delay or uh, analog delay. And I loved it. It was really cool and it was really cheap. Yeah, and they're super um, small and I they look kind of like retro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I have a I have a really small board. I try not to get too crazy when we're on the road, so um, it fit the board really well and it sounded great. Um, uh, but uh, so I, I usually use like two, like one, uh, uh, like a very quick echo, and I, I like to hear that pop 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 like right behind it. And then I'll use I have another one. Uh, a second delay is a Digitech uh, Digidelay which that one has all these different modes on it, and one of them is, is the backwards sound, but I, I don't use that one. I, I, I do a little bit of a deeper, mm. you know, so, so if I wanna, if I wanna do like. You know, or if I want the, the smaller one, if I'm, you know. 
it sound a little bit bigger, but what's really cool is if I use both of them. the two um when they're when they're together it just creates this massive it's like a haunted house like, yeah yeah it creates like a real a real crazy like or, or like something like um like a yeah which i do a lot behind you know whatever eric's doing like i'll do a lot of like sort of kind of more ethereal, um, uh, soundscape -y type stuff as well. One of, you know, one of the uh, songs I really dig on the new album that people hear in October uh, is Rename the Room because it has such a unique tone to what I've known you as a guitar player. I was curious about what you got, if you can remember how you recorded that or it, it, like what pedals you use because it has kind of what you're playing there with some real eerie, dark delay and reverb. Um, I used I used this guitar because um, it has like a real and it was, slinky. You can tell it's a single coil guitar. Yeah, yeah. The 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 the, the just like kind of yeah, just like kind of like very. Um, I I also uh, uh, like the kind of uh, uh, David Gilmore. I just um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember what we used on that. Like in the in the. Uh, because Eric Eric does one solo and I do the other. Um, I do the first solo on that, and then uh, which I do kind of like the ZZ Top, like the like the Billy Gibbons ish solo, and then Eric does the very like weird, like beautiful, ethereal, like strange solo um, that sounds more like David Gilmore on that. Um, yeah, I can't remember what we used exactly. Toshi's like when we record with Toshi Kasai. Um, uh, he's he's a wizard. <laughs> he has all these pedals, and then he's got like just a you know a room full of a gazillion pedals that we're always, you know, I mean, I mean, guitar geeks like me and Eric are just like having a field day in there. Yeah, I bet. You know, it's like it's almost like kid a kid in a candy store. Yeah, almost like an abundance of decisions. It's almost like you're yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah, totally. Totally. What did, you had played, you put it out when you were kind of playing with the, uh, the two delays. What what kind of slide do you use? Um, I do either uh, when I record. When I record, I always do a glass slide. Okay. Like always. Um, I, I feel like it has a a, a, a deeper, more uh, a round tone. Um, when we play live, I always do, I always do the metal because I've broken glass slides before on stage, um, and uh, uh, so the the metal's really easy to keep in my pocket. So I just like pull it out really quick. Um, mm -hmm. When we have a song, when we have a song where I play slide on it, I've had to learn how to work with three fingers. Because um, I always wear the wear the slide on the on on uh, on a third finger, so um, so uh, yeah, I've I've just learned how to do stuff like, and then I c I could go into the slide stuff, you know, um, but it's always metal. It's always it's always a metal slide. Just for just for yeah. utilitarian reasons, so you don't break anything. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you like playing live, um, yeah. Uh, and then also on the let's see the pedal board. Right now, I'm using um, 
Uh, I just got the MXR Distortion Plus, um, the Randy Rhodes, um, which by itself I don't, I'm not really into. Um, but when it's mixed with my, I have this this pedal called the, uh, it's it's uh, Tom. What is it? Tom Tom. It's the Greenizer, and it's a very uh, ZZ Topish. Like. <laughs> But when it's mixed with that, with the, when I mix it, the, the MXR and the uh, Distortion Plus with the Greenizer. It gives it like a lot more deepness. It gives it like sort of a, um, a, low, a low presence. Um, I've always blended distortions. I, I, thought, I, feel, I always feel like two distortions, you know, one high, one low is, is, is the way I like to go. Um, and then I've been mess recently messing with this thing, this mosaic pedal, which um, it's a, a um, it's supposed to be a uh, a twelve string uh, emulator. It's a Digitech mosaic. Oh. Um, I've I've been messing with that because I wrote a song. Um, that's kind of birds-like, and I mean, my, my my ultimate when we get into the studio would be to use a a, a Rickenbacker, like a 12-string Rickenbacker, to record it. Um, but for now, I, I bought this mosaic, and I think that that's probably going to be what we do live. Like you know, what era the of the birds are we talking? Are we talking like Tambourine Man or like Rodeo or Jekyll and yeah, Hyde? Yeah, like like kind of Tambourine okay. Man-ish, you know, like kind of that area. Or or it's kind of Who. It's kind of like song is kind of like Pete Richard or. Uh, 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 Pete Townsend's like like um, uh, when he would use like a twelve string occasionally mm -hmm. um, in the studio. Like I, I really love that very full like twelve string sound, and th that that song needs it. So so I bought this pedal just as a. It was a lot easier than buying you know a, a, a three thousand dollar guitar. <laughs> so <laughs> have you stumbled across yeah. any like happy happy accidents while kind of messing around with this mosaic pedal because it is a very interesting. Yeah, and, uh, different sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, the happy accidents are the greatest, man. Um, uh, just it, it brings out like uh, uh, open choruses like really well, like. Um... Makes the the open. Like sound very um you know, birdsish, like very, very big yeah. and, and, and beautiful. It's like natural course and effect. Like I know that yeah. it's manipulating it, but it, it's like the idea of I know that you brought up Mastodon before, but on their earlier records, I wanna say like Crack the Sky, uh, they used and same thing with Matt Pike. He would use a nine string and like high and fire to get like that, that, yeah. I guess a tonal string that natural chorusing having double strings has. And that's what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah. And funny enough, Tony Moshi toured with Mastodon during Crack the Sky. And, and maybe that was like some of the, some of the, the chip that stayed in my brain to, <laughs> to write stuff like that. You know, because I mean, watch Led Zeppelin and the birds. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Yeah, all that man. I mean, it, it's really singy. And then, and then I have a, um, a 63 Fender Reverb, 
which uh, the the bass breaker doesn't have a reverb on it. So and then you know I I felt like I would I, it's better to have a, a reverb that I can go on off. So I, I bought this 63 and it's it's a nice reverb. You know it sounds good. Um, I use on. I use that a lot in the studio for slide stuff, a lot more than the delay. Mm. Um, the delay, the delay stuff that I do with slide is more for live, live things. But the studio definitely like more like a reverb with slide. Um, what? Why do you feel that that's that's better suited for for uh, studio with the, the richer reverb? Mostly, mostly because um, I don't. Um, when I play reverb live, um, I try to set it at a very low setting. Um, where it's not overwhelming enough for it to really grab the slide and make it sing. Mm. Um, and I don't want to have to jump down and be moving things around when we're playing live. So I'm, 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 I live with the, uh, the two delay sound, you know, and it's like I said, it's, it's whatever works, you know, what we were saying before. It, that works live as opposed to me having to, you know, physically change things while we're playing. Um, so it's just simply for that reason. Gotcha. Yeah. Is there anything else on your pedal board after the mosaic? Yeah, um, uh, I just got this MXR uh, uh, compression pedal, the custom compression. And I really love it. It's really good for strats. Um, it just it just kind of makes it a little bit more singy. It, ma it makes it a little bit more like kind of a whole, you know. Um, I I definitely would recommend a compression pedal for anybody that plays Stratocasters. And then other than that, it's just a Boss Chromatic tuner, and that's pretty much it. You know, with the super simple with the compressor, is it more of a live thing, or is it, do you use it also while recording? Uh, I haven't I haven't had it long enough to use it on a recording yet. Okay. Um, but I did use a compression pedal when I was uh, we we were doing the well both records. Um, Toshi put a compression pedal on it, and that's what made me want to buy it. Okay. You know, because it just like it just it just makes a chord sound a little bit more whole. <laughs> Um, it's really quiet without it, but um, you know, it sounds a little bit more flat without the compression. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it brings it, it brings out a lot of the uh, the qualities of a, of a strat. You know, it makes it a little bit more present, I guess. Is, is. Antonio, I got uh, a random question for you because I never thought I would have to be able to do a rig rundown with you. You know, with the all souls, all <laughs> souls, and obviously Totemoshi. But I, I'd be curious if you could tell me, if you could remember, is the, the, what you used to record for uh, Viva Zapata, this, the old uh, Tony Mosho song, because it sounds oh, yeah. like a, either like an a, a AM radio or like a pig nose or something very small but very pushed. And I'm just curious if, if, if it was something special or maybe it was just a, you know, a, a standard amp. That was, that was um, f uh, a carbon quad. Okay. Uh, which I used to own, and that's that's one of the, my uh, seller's remorse things. I wish I had <laughs> never sold that thing, because it was an amazing preamp. And I used to run that through a Mesa Boogie Simul 300, believe it or not. It was a two-channel, 300-watt, uh, 150-watt-per-channel uh, power amp, um, and it was huge. It, so it sounded massive, but there was one setting. There was, so it was a four-channel... Uh, preamp and one of the settings on there was super tiny sounding like really weird yeah. kind of very compressed like very compressed strange sound so that's that's the one that I used for uh, for Viva Zapata and I used this 
I use this guitar here to do that that recording. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I can't remember what else I used. I mean, back back then we would just do really dry recordings, mm -hmm. and I really love like kind of black flagish, um, Greg Ginn kind of guitar guitar sound that I was trying to get back then. Well, Antonio, I got one final question with you, and it, and it's, it doesn't really relate to gear, but I'm always, it's very interesting that you, you mentioned Meg at the beginning of the video, uh, you guys have been a couple for a long time, you've been creating music together for a long time. What's it like to be in a band, not only with your partner, your, your wife, but, you know, someone that you've been creating music with so long, so it's, it's like, one hand, you guys have known each other, you know, as humans for a long time, but also, you're, you're a great guitar-bass duo. And apparently a yeah. great guitar and dance duo. Yeah. <laughs> She's a great dancer. People should see her dance. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's to be in a band with literal, literally your life partner is a dream come true. You know? And Adam from Tool pointed that out. He's like, I love how you guys, because we take our dog on the road too, our yeah. little pug. And he's like, I, I love how you guys have basically brought your whole support system on the road with you, you know? And, and I think that that's important when you're out and touring and stuff. It's, it's good to feel supported and it's good to feel home, you know? So wherever I am, I always feel like I'm at home because she's always with me. And that's, it's, it's important. Do you it's guys important. create? I think I need that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys create a lot that maybe, uh, uh, you know, a couple that doesn't play music together wouldn't? You know, because a lot of times bands have to, you know, either set aside time or make time or trade ideas via the internet. You, you guys can strike it up at any point. Yeah, and in every in every every facet, you know, like creating this business, you know, and in a neighborhood that didn't have anything like this before. You know, it's it's a it's a really poor and uh, 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 underserved community where we're at, Boyle Heights in Los Angeles. It's it's, it's just before East Los Angeles. Um, and, and yeah, I feel like nothing like this would have been created without Meg, you know, and, and she probably feels the same, you know, towards me. So I, I feel like everything that we do, you know, and I love that. I love that we're creating and we're constantly um, uh, building, you know, things. And we, we try to, to glorify every little moment of life that we have. And I think that's important. I mean, especially now, man, like, you know, now everybody has this time to think and to really address the immortal and address, you know, the brevity of life, um, that, you know, the important things in life are the people you hold near and dear, you know, that that's, what's important. And having them with you near and dear all the time is important to me, you know? So it's, it's, it's been great. It's been great to be able to do this with her this whole time. That's rad, man. Well, Antonio, I appreciate you again taking the time, coming to the studio, the rehearsal space earlier in the day because you're in California, so we're doing this on your time. It's in the morning still, so I appreciate yeah. you and uh, everyone at Premier Guitar appreciates what you're doing. So, man, thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate uh, it, man. Killer, man. Thank you again. That's another rig rundown.